0: What's up, everybody? This is Bill Turner from the Bros Podcast. We've had a lot of discussion about not getting any feedback. Well, guess what? We got some today. I'm going to be reading these out. All right, here we go. Episode 18, Unwrapping Christmas. We had a comment. Starry-eyed emoji. Awesome, good podcast. Very informative. Definitely get five stars from me. Love you all. Have a blessed day. And that is from Anonymous. (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right.
0: Here comes the next one. Uh, this is from episode 19 Young Leadership and Youth Camp with Curtis Duggar. This one is super awesome. How you guys look to lead those young to the Lord, doing things they like to get their attention and lead them to the Lord. Keep it up. We all need Jesus. Five stars. That is from Anonymous. <laughs> This next one comes from our latest episode, episode 20 Get Out of Sodom. Awesome. Like how you combine it all. John, you had a great idea. Proud of you for coming up with it. I enjoyed it as we'll continue listening. Five stars. And I read that correctly. Ooh. And that is from Anonymous.
2: Anonymous. <laughs>
0: Thank you to Jose's mom. We
2: appreciate those comments We <laughs> Appreciate you so much. Hey,
3: welcome back to the bros. We're in the back room of the sanctuary where the conversation happens. We're your hosts Jose, Bill, and John, and we're in the room today. What's up? Well, today we have a very special guest. A friend of mine, who I've met through youth camps, um, you know we've we've met together and we've had lots of fellowship. We communicate, and I don't know. There's every time we talk, we always have something good to say. It feels like the Lord's really in it every time we talk. And I wanted to introduce Brother Brandon
4: Blevins. Yeah, hello. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, brother Jose. How about yourself I am doing wonderful. I want to know what brings you here today. Well, this coming week, getting ready to actually help preach a revival down at New Life. And just excited to see what the Lord is going to do this week, brother. I'm are excited to go over there. By the time this
3: episode drops, this that revival will probably have been passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. But, but there's plenty more revivals to come. You for guys sure. just reach out for uh, New Life Holiness or the Fel- New South Florida Holiness um, Fellowship, and you can look at their... Uh, different camps and fellowship meetings.
0: Yep. Are you doing that one?
3: I don't know. I don't don't know.
0: Um, Yeah, we're excited about Revival. Again, we probably will miss it if you're basing it off of this podcast, but... You can always check out on Facebook, look around, you know, if we will start posting about revivals if that's what you guys want, if you need to know who we're going to talk to, because we're probably going to get people from those revivals, got to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So hey, connections uh, are connections. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And that's what we love to do. I, I actually realized, um, looking back, that starting Wednesday, this is the only day of church I'm missing until next Sunday. Yeah. So I'm going straight from last Wednesday up till now. And this is the <laughs> this is the only day I don't <laughs> go to church service, which is crazy. Yeah. But, you know, it's a bustling week, but that's kind of where I want to be anyway. You know, it's a better place to be than just hanging out, doing stuff at home for sure. Of course. Well, Brother Brandon,
3: like I said, it's a really good pleasure to have you here. Is it, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is it just me? Well... Don't put me up so high that it's gonna take all the feet out of. I probably can't move it. No. Is it? it what number am I over there? Two. Two. I'm all the way up to. Oh my goodness.
0: I can hear it okay. It's right. just I feel like I, when, I,
3: when I'm not here. Let me see. Oh, it's just probably because my mic is so low. Hans. Uh, yeah, so low. Hans, so low. Oh. All right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Talking about the delay. That was a really bad yeah, delay. Oh, are we, record- on, are we
3: recording soundtrack? Yes. Oh, cool. Just in case. Yeah. All right. Let me see something real quick. I, I got some questions here. I want to ask brother, brother Brandon just to get some conversation going.
0: Um, we're professionals.
3: We are professionals. <laughs> we are professionals. So <clears throat> we're going to – it's not a formal interview. not going to all ask into your life or mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's just going to be just – Topical conversations. Um so first question I want to ask you is very hypothetical. Mm. But if Jesus were alive today, do you think he would prefer a modern day miracle uh he would prefer a modern day miracle of turning water into coffee instead of water into wine? <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's not where I thought this was going. At <laughs> <all>. <laughs> this, so I thought I thought this was going to be a multiple choice of which one would be better. Is it no,
3: look, what would you what would you think he would prefer, water, <laughs> coffee? Yeah, water. see, that is a
0: good point. Let's let's break that down, okay? So, your question is funny on the surface, but the real question that you're asking is, would Jesus have the same life if he lived here on Earth now? Would it would his culture change? Because he never changes. No. But would his influence in this culture change? Because at that point, wine was acceptable, and it was made in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's why in the Bible they say you know deacons should not you know not be subject to much wine.
4: I don't say none, but it's probably be- it's probably better to be none. Well, let's look at it this way. Um, let's let's look into what coffee really is just for a second yes yeah. is probably gonna be very <laughs> yeah divisive. yeah but when we look at what coffee is you know we have two options when you get regular black coffee what is it regular and decaf regular which decaf. is decaffeinated so right. we know that regular coffee which most people have is gonna be caffeinated what right, is right. caffeine a drug. It's a, a drug. drug. And yeah. so we know that it can be addictive. How many people do we know depend, mm. solely depend on coffee to get through their day? Both of my parents. I know people... All of them? <laughs> <laughs> Most of them? I know people who are late to church every Sunday because why? They have to know. get their coffee. Yeah. Right. Just get. And them in so later. in relation to alcohol, honestly, it can have the same effect. It controls your entire day yeah. when you when you solely depend on it. Now, don't get me wrong. I drink coffee. I yeah. drink it's yeah. probably more cream and sugar than it really is coffee, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I might have a coffee every once a month. Yeah. That's about mm-hmm. it. And then it then doesn't camp. control me. Really? But once that's a month? It. Yeah. I well, don't
3: I'm, I'm worse off. I, I Literally, I take a coffee every day. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm one of those under control of the caffeine. See, that's
0: what I... Um, I had an option, you know, I always do, but I never started drinking coffee and probably won't just because it. I realized that it is addictive. Yeah. And it's, you know, when people describe it to me, they're like, no, it's not an addiction. It's just when I don't have it, my head hurts and I feel horrible. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> Those are withdrawals, guys. <laughs> withdrawals. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, but people should understand, like, there's not really, I mean, it's not the worst thing to be addicted to. Yeah. You know, it's not going to r- totally ruin your life. I don't know of anybody who's had their life ruined by coffee before, but mm. it's still to not call it an addiction is ignorant because it's you know everybody needs it so I, I didn't start drinking it because i you know i don't want to have to be the guy i know how i eat I'm not going to stop at just, like, oh, I'm going to do a little bit. You know, that's true with most yeah, things. He'd, he'd be the guy that makes the cup of coffee in the pot, <laughs> just drinks the pot. I was joking yesterday that if I started drinking coffee, you would know, because there would be a Dunkin' Donuts on every street corner. They'd have so much money. I mean, just, <laughs> i mean like, yeah, he gave him his coffee, and then he walked and drank it on the way out the door and came back in and got another one, <laughs> you know, but. But I just got to give him a 30 yeah. gallon jug. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got a huge service. <laughs> But it's true, It's coffee is, is very addictive. It is,
3: it really is. And like I said, we have to be careful of what extent we use it in, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of times we look to cough caffeine, because caffeine is a factor with a lot of healing. Like, for instance, when you have pain and headaches, a lot of the times medication that they give you have caffeine in it, because caffeine is one of those drugs that help you reduce the amount of headaches that you get. Um, when I was younger, I was uh, diagnosed with severe migraines and headaches, and the doctor prescribed lots of different medications, and a lot of those medications had caffeine in it. You know, um, one of the ones that I use w- that's not prescription anymore, that's not prescription now, is um, Excedrin, and that's one of those that have the caffeine in it. Um, I suffer migraines, this is, and, and this is not like withdrawals type of headaches, this is just what I get all the time. Yeah. And you know my mom will tell me, hey, if you have a have migraine, come over, come come home, come to the house, and we'll we'll will put you in a dark room or something, keep you away from a lot of sound because, you know, it it's bad, it gets real bad. But the but the caffeine, she'll make me a cup of coffee, and just, <laughs> that headache will be gone. But my but that's but that's but that's that's what I use it for.
4: You know, that's just me. So my son, he. Also has migraines, mm-hmm. and his doctor actually wrote down on a piece of paper to give to me and his mother. He must drink one soda every day.
3: Yeah, right. and I'm pre- pre- I'm pretty sure it was Coke.
4: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. See? yes. One <laughs>
3: Coke <laughs> every yep, day is correct. Right. Yep. Because it's, it's, nothing else works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing else works for some reason. And
4: and really, the the reason that 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 happens is caffeine acts like a blood thinner, mm. so it yeah. relieves pressure. Yes. We need a we need a doctor oh. here. Guys. I've got one. Uh, <laughs> I was already looking this up. Um, yeah, this is, from,
0: this is from this is from mm. Mayo Clinic Health System. What about caffeine. Um, uh, yeah. The ask people are asking whether caffeine can treat or trigger a headache. So Lainey gets headaches, mm-hmm. and one of her definite triggers is that whenever she drinks any caffeine, her she head gets a hurts headache horribly. Yeah. And so the first thing is, uh, the first point, caffeine can provide l- relief for a headache. During a headache, blood vessels swell, tighten, or go through other changes, causing an increase in blood flow, blood flow around the brain. This increased blood flow pressures surrounding nerves. This in, what?
3: I think you read it down.
0: I didn't. This increases blood flow pressures surrounding nerves, which send pain messages to the brain. This brings on the headache. Caffeine has vasco vasoconstrictive properties, meaning that blood b- blood vessels narrow to restrict blood flow, therefore alleviating, alleviating the pain. Yikes. I need some something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, when caffeine is taken in combination with pain medicines, uh, such as aspirin, ibuprofen, or another one, it increases <laughs> the absorption and strength of the know. medication mm-hmm. to provide faster relief.
3: Yep. I and, know that from yeah. first
0: hand. And then caffeine can trigger a headache. When caffeine is consumed regularly, the body becomes dependent on its effects. Those are withdrawals. Yes, and because caffeine narrows the blood vessels that surround the brain, when consumption is stopped, the blood vessels enlarge. This causes an increase in blood flow around the brain and pressure surrounding nerves. So what's the yeah. wh- so what's the? Um, I've heard
3: you know they were they were doing all this um, this studies of you know you won't get pancreatic cancer you won't get uh different kinds of cancer whatever sicknesses yeah if you drink um black coffee one cup a day or something like that that you'll be free from that type of disease or whatever i don't know what it was but they it was it was all the rage back in the day where they were just like if you drink this much coffee you're you're straight you're gonna be you're gonna be like in in uh what's what's the word not invulnerable come on bill where's it uh hold on Come what? on,
2: Bill. At first, line. Oh, yeah, yeah, You'll be in,
3: uh, <laughs> <laughs> indestructible. Indestructible. Wait, so what? what? I
0: didn't read until now. <laughs> okay, so this is, I was looking up an article that's uh, coffee and cancer, what the research really shows, and it's like, question, what does the research show about the link between coffee and cancer? This is the first line of the answer. Numerous studies have shown that coffee drinking is associated with a lower risk of dying from all causes of death. That's what I'm saying. It was literally... Shark attacks? No. Oh. <laughs> How many causes of death are there? that You're like, all you, of you them. You put it that way, yeah. All causes. <laughs> I guess you
3: can swim faster.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's <laughs> very true, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All causes... Of, that's a no, crazy but, but claim. There was, no, there was a real thing. Hold on, hold
3: on. What does it do again? <laughs> huh? It prevents all causes of death.
0: <laughs> Coffee drinking is associated with a lower risk of dying from all causes of death. All. <laughs> oh, how do you even study that? Uh, maybe,
1: maybe it's because they're so busy going to maybe, get their causes. they
3: don't Maybe natural causes. Do they're not, they didn't put the word natural in there. <laughs> All yeah, they should have put death. natural causes. Oh,
4: shark attacks natural causes? Yeah, I would agree. No, they're not. I would it's agree they're natured. very natural, yeah.
3: I mean, if you get bit <laughs> by a shark, naturally you die, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. I've
0: never
3: um, it huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many cows did it take to school the light bulb? <laughs> I'm not saying it again.
0: Another ten? Yeah. <laughs> everybody can do a better joke than me. Everyone. I said a million, so everybody can do a better joke than me. <laughs> what did Lainey say? Uh, uh, a and another one and another <laughs> one. Another <laughs> one, yeah. They're... Another one, dude. Oh,
3: oh man, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> okay, so basically, recent studies find that coffee may lower the risk of several types of cancers. Right. Including head and neck, I didn't know. I'm. I'm I didn't know that was a type of cancer. Uh, I might be. I might be okay now. You know. Colorectal, <laughs> breast, and liver cancer. Um, although the potential beneficial effects of coffee are not completely understood. Obviously, when you say it, <laughs> it is able to prevent you from dying of all causes of death. Lower risk of dying from all kinds. What does that even mean?
3: You know, they say that um, that par- You know, they say that you can only go skydiving once.
0: They said, without a parachute, you can only... You like, right <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I wonder if that's, like, them just saying, you know, if you're drinking coffee, you probably won't make as bad decisions as someone drinking alcohol. Because you're more alert? Yeah, you're, like, you know, you're just going to Dunkin' Donuts. You're not, like, going to the beach and surfing. Yeah. Uh, and drowning Some people cannot
4: camera. be rational without it. That's true. Yeah. I mean, we don't...
3: I mean, I feel like we need to say we're not preaching to to drink it, right? We're not preaching to drink coffee. We're not preaching to about about uh the alcohol being okay or anything like that. What what we're talking about is your self-control. One of the yeah. fruits of the spirit, which is what temperance, right? Talking about how you control yourself. If you don't if you know not to do it, you know it's not right, don't do it. You know, if mm. you can't control yourself, you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing something that you can't control. And that's one of the main things that I want to put forth in this conversation is we're not preaching anything. <laughs> We're just having a conversation about it, you know?
4: Yeah, we live a life of choices. Yeah.
3: And every choice can lead you to a dark alley or
0: a bright one. That's true. So This is insane. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> what? So so I look I look at this. I was I could not stop thinking about <laughs> coffee lowered <laughs> risk of death. So I looked it up. This is from NBC News. Um And it says the finding suggested that – so they just looked at 120,000 people in the UK who regularly drank sweetened or sugar-sweetened coffee over seven years. The finding suggested that those who drank 1.5 to 3.5 cups a day had a lower risk of death during those seven years than non-coffee drinkers, even if they added a teaspoon of real sugar, not artificial sweetener, to every cup. On the whole, people who drank unsweetened coffee were 16% to 21% less likely to die during the study period than people who didn't drink coffee at all, the results showed. This next sentence to me completely ruins the entire experiment. But the researchers didn't look at causality, so they couldn't say whether coffee is directly responsible for the outcome. (laughs) So yeah, you just chose the old people who stay in their homes and don't do anything dangerous versus the people who don't drink coffee who are going out and, I, I don't know, but like... Why wouldn't you look at like, the first person, like somebody died in your experiment, and you're just like, oh, well, I guess guess they're they're more likely to die? Yeah, I know. This is crazy. We're looking at people who are going to die and give them coffee to see if
3: they last longer. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the participants in the new study were around 56 years old on average. That's not that old. And they were recruited from 2006 to 2010. The researchers accounted for factors like diet, smoking, socioeconomic status, pre-existing health problems, and exposure Mm. to air pollution, but not what they died of.
3: (laughs) Mm. Uh, Was COVID uh, one of those
0: deaths? uh, It it could have been, yeah. That's all of them, actually. Um, it's (laughs) pre-COVID. Let's see. Um, What in the world? How is this possible? What? I just don't understand. Are you having an ADHD moment right now? No, no, no. I just don't (laughs) understand... How drinking coffee, drinking two, a 2019 analysis found that drinking two to four cups a day lowered a person's risk of death relative to people who didn't consume coffee.
3: Like, I, okay. Anybody at my job
0: has a lower risk of death than anybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all drink coffee. I figured it out, guys. What is? Same it? research found that coffee drinking was associated with a decreased risk of Parkinson's disease, chronic kidney disease, type two diabetes, and oh, certain cancers. Man, Bill, that was my fault. That's everybody. your fault. yes I shouldn't. I shouldn't have been drinking on limeades. I should have been drinking coffee. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Apparently, we're looking into this too deep. Yeah,
0: man. I know, but that. So is is caffeine Jesus' his miracle? miracle oh, he he thing? might, yeah, it <laughs> might actually heal. That might be like his new healing method. <laughs> it was a coffee bean, guys. It's a gift. <laughs> the coffee bean was yeah. Jesus' miracle. It's very true. <laughs> oh man! Well, so, and, and pictures of Jesus are like coffee. Some people want them light, and some people want them dark. <laughs> oh, that's. Uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of. But the <laughs> true way to do it is always darker.
3: You know, Yeah, it's healthier Dark car coffee is healthier yeah, for you true. Dark car coffee is Darker coffee is healthier for you Yeah Brother Brandon, do you have a favorite Bible story That you like to read Or something that piques interest? Absolutely That's my thought <laughs> <laughs> like, That one's no,
2: was, one was a little bit off yeah. page <laughs> Yeah, yeah <that> was a-
0: <laughs>
4: But uh my favorite Bible story, I always go back, and you should know this, Brother Jose, we've talked about it, I don't know how many times. Read it,
3: the one you read a song about.
4: Yeah, yeah. even hmm. wrote, you a, wrote song a song about, about it. it. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about um, that. Nice. But uh, it's uh, the book of Nehemiah, the first and second chapters mm. specifically. Uh, let's
3: right. see. Can we we'll see in that, about that? While we all take a break. Yeah, we're
4: all,
0: lo- yeah we're all looking at
3: Jeremiah chapter 1 and 2. Sorry, right, I just had to write my notes real quick.
0: they oh, liked that story so much, he named his son after it. I, I kind of did. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's the
1: You truth. know, for a little while, I actually thought your son's name was Neo, because that's all I ever heard him called.
3: <laughs> hey, do you, do you think we could read chapter 1 and 2 and then just talk right. about it?
4: I already forgot what book All we're going to. Near Nehemiah. Nehemiah. One and two. You what? What, what specifically? Yeah. Nehemiah.
3: What specifically about those two chapters?
4: Well, I suppose we could just read the end of you chapter two. You go ahead. Two. You
3: read the part that you find interesting, and then
4: uh, we'll, and we'll talk, talk about it because there's yeah. a, there's a lot to break down. Yeah. yeah. About that. But uh. At the end of Nehemiah chapter two, it starts in verse seventeen. It says, "Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in; how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no more that we be no more a reproach." Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, "Let us rise up and build." So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we, his servants, will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem.
3: That sounds That sounds so familiar. I think that sounds like something I've heard before.
4: Mm-hmm. But Is that,
3: that the end of chapter 2?
4: That's the end of yep. chapter 2. Okay. See, In the beginning of Nehemiah, you, you see this young man who is, is he's in the city, and, and God lays a major calling in his life. But in order for him to fulfill that calling, God has to... Um, Brother David Wilkerson, who's already passed on, preached a famous message on these, these verses as well. Um, called anguish and it was talking about how God had to basically baptize Nehemiah in agony in anguish the the Mm. feeling of God's heart that God was looking to restore his people but there was no one really willing to sacrifice and put in the time and effort to seek after God's face Mm -hmm. and so he found a praying man by the name of Nehemiah and baptized him in anguish that God was looking for his people and you see Nehemiah go before the king, and to paraphrase, basically stating that I want to rebuild the wall, I want to do this work for the Lord, and I want to give it everything I have. And what you read here in the end of Nehemiah chapter 2 is that he is pleading with these people to join him in the cause. He's pleading the his brothers and sisters, in essence, the other Israelites, to help him rebuild the walls that have been torn down and and In the midst of their trying to work, there's a a few people as we read that they laughed them to scorn and said, you know, and despised us and said, What is this thing that you do will you rebel against the king? Ultimately they did not care what God's will was and they were making fun of what Nehemiah was trying to do. Mm -hmm. But the first Mm -hmm. thing he says, instead of rebuking them immediately, he just restates God's promise. He says, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. He'll see us through this. He's gonna make sure that this comes to comes to pass. Therefore, we as servants will arise and build. And then he gives one of the greatest rebukes in the Bible personally that I yeah. that I can read. It says, "But ye have no portion nor right nor memorial in Jerusalem." Mm-hmm. And the reason wow. that this really pulls to me so much is any time that the enemy comes against me, I I will usually pull this this rebuke out because yeah. as we are followers of Jesus and he baptizes us in the Holy Ghost, covers us in His Spirit, then when the blood is applied, we ultimately become a spiritual Jerusalem. Yes. And the enemy is going to try to tear down the walls of our life and try to laugh us to scorn, saying, you know, why do you want to follow Jesus? And and you can read and use this. It says, well, devil, you can say what you want, but you have no portion nor right nor memorial in this Jerusalem, right? Yeah. <clears throat>
0: Memorial's where it hurts, really. I mean, you know, you don't even have any statues here.
4: Yeah.
0: I'm sure Robert E. Lee feels the same way right about now, but, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> you know it, it's crazy that, that, you know, and he's right. I mean, you, you look at it and you're like, oh, the Hornites aren't in Jerusalem, the Ammonites aren't in Jerusalem, the Arabians aren't in Jerusalem. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, they, they there's no right, no memorial, and he knew that... that God's people would be able to come back eventually, and they needed walls to do so. Mm-hmm. And, and they had to rebuild that. And I, I really enjoy this yeah. story because it, be- it also says that, um, you know, it, it tells us that if God needs you to do something, he puts you in the spot that you need to do it. Because at, at the time, the only way he was able to talk to the king with such, you know, confidence in him was because he was the cupbearer and he would take up the wine, and the king knew him well enough that he didn't even have to tell him anything. He just said, why do you look so sad? You've never been sad before, you know, and, and you're not sick. I can tell you're not sick, mm-hmm. and you, you're just sad in your heart. And, you know, so then, and, and Nehemiah in the book says that he was afraid because mm-hmm. he, right. he didn't know what to say. He didn't know if he should tell him everything, and then he, he finally just trusted in God and just told him what he needed. And, and, and the, king, the king, you know, he said his problem, and the king said, what do you need me to do? Mm-hmm. You know, what would you want me to do about it? And that's, you know, what we need to do to God. We need to tell him our problems, and then we don't need to tell him what to do.
3: But remember also God's promises and restate them yeah. to the enemy. Right, yes. Tell them the promise that God gave me, and let them know that you have no place, you have no memorial here. Because if I, if I do live that way, there's a lot of people that you can even, even just living for God, like if, as I'm living for God in my, in my religious beliefs and how I believe to, to, to walk in, in that light, you have people that mock you, you have people that sure. say, you know, what are you doing this for? I have plenty of times where, you know, I believe in wearing long sleeve shirts, I believe in wearing yeah. my, my pants, you know, I, don't, I don't wear shorts. I hope you believe in wearing pants.
0: Is there a boo Sorry. on the soundboard? I don't <laughs> <hungry>. <laughs> <laughs> boo!
3: But, you know, and uh, believe it or not, we go th- when we go to the beach, I'm mm. wearing my pants and I'm yeah. wearing my long-sleeved yeah. shirts, you know? True. And uh, there's lots of time when people are like, aren't you hot? You're at the beach. You should be wearing the shorts. You should be wearing swim, yeah. swim clothes. And I'm like, I'm just as comfortable in, not in my clothes. You know, I don't need to do that. Yeah. I can do everything that I can with my clothes fully on. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have to yeah. take my clothes off to enjoy the time at the beach, you know, but then you get mockers and it's like, you know, the Lord gave me this, gave me this conviction. He gave me this promise. He gave me, I'm going to do my will. I'm going to do the Lord's will and do it f- fully
0: to, to uh, right. try to do it in his perfect will. Well, it's how you, it's how you respond to them that, yeah. that is, you know, it like Nehemiah where he just said why he did it. He didn't yeah. respond with. You know, oh, oh, I don't know. You know, I, uh, it's, I, I guess I'll do something else, or you know, kind of give him a non-answer. He was firm though. He was, he very was firm. firm. That's was what very we firm. need to do. The biggest thing I noticed before I got saved and after was how I responded to things like that, of just like, oh, aren't you hot? And I'm like, nah, I grew up in Florida. You know, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know, why are you wearing long sleeves? Oh, no, so no, no big deal. You know, and then after I got saved, now it's like, well, you know, I feel like uh, I would want to be modest, and and there's a an answer there rather than just something that that just moves the conversation along. Yeah. That just thing.
3: brush you off the shoulder. Yeah. It just kind of right. let you inform you of what's going well, on. Well, they
0: can't see my shoulders. That's kind of the point. <laughs> 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 you know, You're right. yes. So, you know, but, but that's a big, a big part of our walk as a Christian is not just, you know, when people ask us about it, we should be able to answer mm-hmm. and not, you know, just, I feel like that oh, goes well. back to First yeah.
1: Peter three uh, fifteen, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer mm-hmm. to every man that asketh a reason. Asketh you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So saying that, you you said instead of saying something that just brushes it off, yeah. it deflects the question to to tell him you know, I do this because in the Bible it says, and I've just blanked on that, but. Because it's what we believe. This yes. is our convictions right. that we are to be holy and separate right. from the world.
4: That's well, right. when you read in the book of Daniel and you you all know about the three Hebrew children that were right. thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they were gonna ultimately because they didn't bow down, think about this fact. If they would have denied Jesus or, mm. or God in that story, mm. would they still have been thrown in the fire for not bowing down? Absolutely. Yeah. So the consequence would have been the same, but the outcome was dependent <laughs> upon their yeah. faithfulness to yeah, God. You're right. And so because they said, we're not going to bow down unto you because we serve the God of Israel. Basically, God looked at his son Jesus and, and said, get in the fire with him.
3: They had, they had what all three had in common here was what granny calls holy boldness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> That's they, holy boldness. What did you say? Nice call we talked oh, yeah. about this in the
0: last episode. Oh, not the last. Episode. I thought you were surprised by it, and I was like, "That's kind of funny" because we've already mentioned this. Yeah, but I said we this before. <laughs> but then yeah. you were just saying, "Oh, okay." You were referencing yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah.
3: so we, what Granny calls it, "Holy boldness," is when you stand, when you can stand up for the Lord, you can yeah. stand up and you can speak out and know that this is what God's will is. Not just I'm gonna tell you, don't tell me what to do. I'm gonna do what God
0: says, but yeah, with sure. with with good confidence that you know. Not just, oh, yeah. I think. Well, that was an interesting point brought up. That, you know, the king probably would have still thrown him in the fire even if they had said, sure. you know what, we thought about it and we're going to bow down now. Because <laughs> you got to think, they were in a high place in, yeah. in, and there was a very you know, intense uh, vetting process to get them to that place. Right. So do you really want somebody in that position who's going to be, you know, the four people in that position who are going to be unpredictable and you know, may, may betray you and turn against you and yeah, not do even, what you said. Even if,
1: he ha- if they had said, you know, nah, that was yeah. just a joke or something, there would always be that little seat of, well, that one time, yeah, right. they didn't bow to my
3: statue.
4: Well, think about this. It was I pride. mean, what did the king do to the furnace whenever they said they wouldn't bow down? He Got turned it up way higher than it can, seven, seven times. times hotter. So that tells me immediately just that one simple moment of defiance. The king flipped his lid in yeah. that moment, and yeah. he's like, I'm going to turn it up. as I mean, even the, the guard that was right next to it mm-hmm. died because yeah. it was so hot yeah. instantly. And so we, can, we immediately know from that moment that the king, with the drop of a hat, had a oh, very yeah. bad anger problem. Yeah. So sure. I'm very hard-pressed to believe he would have shown them any kind of mercy to start right. with. Yeah. Yes,
3: But I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued to know that when he saw that fourth person in the fire— when he saw that fourth person, he all of a sudden knew that there was some higher force than he was mm. in that fire with them. You know yeah. there's a fourth figure in the fire. Who is? It looks like the son of the God. looks like Son of God. Yeah. Like, how
0: did he know what the Son of God looked like? How do we know what the Son of God looks like? Do you know what Jesus looks like? No. But, but if, wait, if you would have saw him,: you'd probably but if you already. were to
4: see, yeah. well, you also have to understand that the three Hebrew boys were making a claim. That they serve the God in heaven, right? And so then, from that moment when he saw the fourth man in the fire, in you know, he immediately had to understand that hey, there's something going on with this yeah. of what they said, yeah. and, and so, they're not
3: just—they're not burning; they're dancing in the fire. They're right. moving around. They're not. Yeah, they're, they're walking. not just. Yeah, yeah. they're rejoicing. I, I I want to believe that they were rejoicing. Well, this I'm sure they were, but you know, they weren't just sitting there letting their flesh burn because it wasn't burning. When yeah. they came out, they were whole. They were like, they had no burn marks on them. Right. No and, smell and of smoke. No yeah. smell yeah. of smoke. Yeah. It was, you can't, you can't sit there, you cannot sit there and say that no, no higher power did not just do that. It was God himself. You saw Jesus walking in the fire with them. And when yeah. you called them out, they had no scorches. They had no burn marks, no smell of, of fire on them. Right. That's, a miracle of miracles. Yeah, well, that and was when the first. Realize it.
0: That was the first, uh, first physical miracle that Nebuchadnezzar had seen, from from God. All the others were like you know dream interpretations and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what's funny about the statue story is that statue is in defiance of a dream interpretation where mm-hmm. right. where he was you know the statue and he was the head made of gold and and. And he, in defiance of that, was like head made of gold, and then he just made an entire statue out of gold. You know, yeah. He's like, that was a great idea, but I didn't like the the head being made out of gold. I want the whole thing out of gold, right? You know. But the truth is, is that it was not a statue; it was a timeline. And the timeline stayed. So Nebuchadnezzar, you know, eventually had his moment where he he died, and then eventually uh, was it his son uh, who saw the writing on the wall? The next ruler in line saw the writing on the wall. L- literally, and then and then figuratively, where he uh, he was uh, killed, and the Persians took over.
1: Mm. Wasn't Nebuchadnezzar the one that also had to eat grass? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And that was probably because of the moments that we've discussed in this story. <laughs> yeah, is <laughs> yeah. the ego and, and all of that where he said, you know, I'm the greatest thing to ever live, uh, something along those lines, and then and then uh, God showed him that he was just a cow. Mm.
3: Yeah. Oh really. A beast in the field. Yeah. Yeah. But that just goes back to the boldness that the three Hebrew children had. The same boldness that that Nehemiah had. And the same boldness that, you know, we have when we go and we we defend the Lord.
0: Well, it's like Elijah. It's the same, you know, somebody going up against a ruler that they know is, is no a perfect example yeah that they know is someone who has killed people for much less yeah and the and, vineyard and, and, yeah, yeah. The, the vineyard the vineyard for example having to walk up and say hey you just killed that guy for nothing so i'm gonna challenge you is crazy mm-hmm. you know
3: i couldn't i couldn't sit there
0: toe-to-toe with somebody who was oh. willing to kill anybody for anything
3: yeah it's oh but to let me uh since we're talking about the boldness thing you remember When we were at youth camp the last year that Mm -hmm. me and you together and uh, we were. I was praying and seeking for the Holy Ghost down at the altar every night. And I felt like I was there for hours on end. And when I got up, I literally could not focus on the prize ahead of me. Right. Right. I came to you in almost tears. Yes, sir. I was crying about how embarrassing it was that I could not focus on praying to the Holy Ghost. Right. You know, I don't know if you know uh, much about that situation, but you gave me so much, like... uh, Reassurance. Reassurance. You Mm. gave me so much reassurance later on after that. Let me know that I have the Lord, that I can pray to Him. And in my backpack still have the prayer cloth and the handker that you gave me, Mm -hmm. uh, you anointed and prayed about, and prayed over. I still have Mm it. And I remember that every time that, you know, that is something that I look back to and I say, I have someone that I confided in, I talked to, I had something that I needed to tell somebody that I couldn't just tell anybody, you know, and most recently opened up about it later on. Yeah. I don't know, but if you knew that, um, but I went to talk to my wife later on and when we talked, I had to talk to the church, talk to my, not my church but my pastor, and we, you know, we decided that we were gonna pray about it. You know, yes. it's something that is very serious. You know, I had to be bold about that. I couldn't just I couldn't just let it sit back and and take over my thoughts, my mind. Yeah. So, what did I do? I prayed and I prayed and prayed and I just said, you know what? I'm gonna find out what this is. I I found out that I had ADHD, that I was fighting ADHD in my mind. And that's why I couldn't sit at the altar or pray at the altar and keep my mind focused on what I was trying to pray for. And I had I was so embarrassed because every thought that came to my mind would, would go across my mind while I'm praying and I would lose my focus on the thought that I was praying for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, so since we've last met I did find out that I had ADHD through a therapist and I had no one else to thank, to, no one else to thank, but to t- talk, but thanking you that you were able and willing to be that person to talk to, to let me, yeah. you know, be bold about it. You know, ever since then it's been, it's been enlightening to know I can be open about it. I opened up on the podcast, I've opened up to the church, I've opened up to yeah. my family and it's a lot easier. Communication is serious. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's, you cannot just let communication go because if you sit right. there, hold back on about the uh, if you let you the sit there and, let, and hold back on something that you have in eating your mind, it's it's um, you know it's gonna end up overwhelming. Gonna, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Bill. It's gonna be overwhelming for you to you know, and it's. It's it's bad. I, I really thank you for being there to confide in and you being able to pray for me that day because without that, I probably wouldn't have been on the journey to find yeah. out what was wrong. Right. And this podcast almost seems like it... Uh, it it uh, revolves around ADHD and <laughs> losing track of my thoughts. Because <laughs> I have a thesaurus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who, I try. Who I says, said, "Hey, here's the words that you might be thinking yeah, of." right. You know, and it's it's. I really appreciate everyone here, Bill and John. You guys. I mean, this is really feels like a moment
0: that I kind of like being vulnerable. But let's move on. <laughs> you know, we we appreciate it very much. Yeah. and you know, it's. It's, a, you know, sometimes a struggle to talk about yourself and fully, fully open up to what your thoughts are, you know, because we want to we be strong in front of everybody. We want to say, mm-hmm. yeah, I prayed. I prayed as hard as I could. I was always praying, but it just didn't happen this time, you know. Yeah. I know I've been guilty of doing that before. I've just, you know, yeah, I prayed. I don't know what happened. But <laughs> you know, and, and in reality, it's hard to sometimes keep your thoughts focused on everything because yeah. usually there's a lot happening around you. Yeah, you know, especially, especially at youth, at youth camp. Youth- all right, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially at youth camp. You have all these different things, and you know, as an instrument player, sometimes your mind goes to that more than it should, and you're just like, I right, well, no one's up there. I need to be up there." Sometimes you worry, you know, you want to beat them in the foot race of trying to ask Brother Matty at the right time, right. so it's not, you know, it's long enough. But and uh, thankfully, my focus has shifted a lot since since those moments. But right. You know it's it's such a blessing, and you mentioned the uh, the prayer cloth and hanky. I have your hanky still up in my room. Uh, I kept it. Who's mine or brother Brandon? Brother Brandon. He probably. gave me one at the end of last year, and it, it was a. You'll get yours. No, just, I just wait. Left out. You're I going to no revival mementos. with the next week. Pause. <laughs> You're fine. Just hold on a minute. But you know, I was going to leave it a surprise hey. and bring it in to revival the first service. But I'll I'll next tell you now that I have it. Yeah. Kept <laughs> it very right. safe. We had a great time last year. And uh, you know I've have it, I think that's the first time I stayed in your dorm, yeah, because you were in juniors before, and it, it was mm-hmm. really, yeah. it was really an enlightening last experience. year. was Interesting. Yeah, I enjoyed it because I I didn't know you very well until then. I I had most of the time you know I'd stayed with brother I stayed with brother Duff um, for two years, and then I uh, stayed with brother Jason for three, and then last year was just a fun year because you know I got to know you a little better. And I like Brother Jason, but it was just a different experience. You know, it was, it was a lot when of fun. I, when I
1: started, I was in Brother Sam's cabin,
0: mm. dorm, whatever. Yeah, whatever it's called. That, though, he's he's a fun guy, too. But, you know, we had a great time. We got to talk a lot of spiritual things. And, and we had a good group of people to make fun of, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> we had a perfect blend of just, you know. Who was in our dorm last year? Talon man who gets a shower at 3.30 every morning. <laughs> 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 That's in. true. It's dead. It's pitch black. Mm. Nobody's up. Nobody. Nobody's up. <laughs> Except for Talon. He's walking out with I He's like, what are you doing? And, and it's like, <laughs> Talon's like, I'm just going to go get a shower. And he's like, it's 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> Get back you know, in just, bed. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. You ain't got to be up till 7. No? Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it was like every time. It, yeah. it was so funny. And then who else was in there? There was John. Uh, who I think JP was in our dorm, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. No, J- he wasn't. JP did? No, no, no. Right? no. Yeah, he was there last year, but he oh. was in J- Brother Jason's dorm. Oh. And then it was uh, Svitalin. We had that one kid that raises a and never Caden, yeah. Oh, yeah. The quiet Caden, yeah. Was that it? There were not a lot of people in there. No,
1: it was me, you, his son, whose name I have forgotten. I apologize. Brayden. Braden. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um.
4: Speaking of which, he'll be able to camp this year. Oh, Yay. Wow. But awesome. he has got the camper's experience the last two years. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> two years in a row. Yeah. So, so um, uh, two years ago, um, Brother Matney decided to throw some firecrackers into the dorm. <laughs> and unbeknownst to him, it was right where Braden was sleeping. Oh wow! And so we opened the door and he's <laughs> cowering in a corner.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, scared
4: to traumatic. death. So then this past year, unfortunately, you <laughs> weren't there, Brother Jose, but no. Brother Matt he's coming around to do the same thing, but he comes up to me to make sure that he's not going <laughs> to throw him on his bed again. So I was like, yeah, he's not in there, that's fine. So he threw him in there just like normal, and then he goes to the shower house and throws him in right where my son was <laughs> taking his shower. <laughs> yeah.
2: So good. <laughs> All
4: trying to
0: get away from not doing it to him. You know, my favorite, again. my favorite part of that story is is uh, <laughs> the first time that happened where it was on his bed. Brother Van was standing right there, and I mean, he threw him in the door shut, and he didn't say. I mean, what can you do? <laughs> it's already over. But, you know, <laughs> nothing you can do about it. Oh, it was, it was amazing. Brother Matney is one of the most fun people I know. I well, will never understand how he manages to have so much energy through youth camp. <laughs> Like hey, the rest of coffee? Is yeah, coffee. He is sponsored by Dunkin Donuts yeah.
4: He said <laughs> it on the podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: So brother Brandon This brings me to ask you You have lots of people who come to you And they confide in you to talk to you Yes sir How does that make you feel And what, and what, what goes through your mind When you do you know, Talk to them from a uh, Aspect of What am I trying to say
0: uh, spiritual mindset? Aspect?
4: aspect, yeah. Well, firstly, I always have to remind myself that I am no better than anyone else, and so most of anything I'm going to talk about when it comes to spiritual matters are going to be things that I've went through. I'm going to somehow try to relate to what you're going through. I mean, you read in Second Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and And I know that I'm looking at that verse of scripture a little differently, but it's that word humble themselves Mm -hmm. and you're and if it's his people. And so you're collectively all together in the same group. And I've went through things in my life that some of you are never gonna have to go through. You know. Mm -hmm. Not not everyone that listens to this podcast is going to deal with divorce, is going to deal with separation. Not everyone is going to deal with being accused of being a homosexual through their high school years, even though I wasn't.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And so there's a lot yeah. of things that you're going to go through that someone else is not. But you're also going to go through things that you're going to question yourself as to how is this going to be useful? How can God use this? It's poss- It's going to be shrugged off into the darkness and totally forgotten. And you'll find that people go through things that you would have never expected. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to spiritual matters, I always try to put myself down in your position. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. when you were talking to me about having trouble focusing, I wanted to ensure that I understood the pain, even if I may not necessarily have that same issue. There have been plenty of moments in my life, of course, where I've not been able to focus. But at the same time, I want to make sure that I'm very sensitive to those situations.
3: Right. And that's when I I was talking to you. I felt like that was what I picked up is that you are empathetic when it comes down to it. Because, you know, even though I don't know if you've been through my situation that I've gone through and I felt like you understood it. I felt like you knew it from top to bottom. And when you went to pray for me, it was just like, you know, I understand, you know. Did I? I don't even know. You understood it at all, but it made you made me feel like you did, and I think that's what you get from what everybody gets from you when you when they come to you. I feel like you're like a almost like a therapist kind of person when they mm-hmm. when people come to you. There's lots of people that confide in you to talk to you mm-hmm. and give you everything they're going through, yeah. and to know that they can. I know I don't know how that makes you feel, but it makes you feel like you're, you. are I know you said you're not any greater than anybody else, but. You know, I would feel proud to know that I am one to confide in. If you can see me and think that you can confide in me, then something about my character is something that sure. the Lord is, is revealing to you. And I think that's the ultimate goal is to make sure that people see Jesus in my, in my life. And I think that's what they do They see Jesus
4: in your life. I think, right. I think that is the ultimate goal. Uh, above everything else that we do is that Jesus would that that people could see Jesus in us and anyone who's ever been around me long enough I will end up giving out my testimony this week I believe the worst thing a preacher can do is never share their testimony because it's just as important I don't care if you were saved at four years old you have a testimony yeah Yeah. it's important but one of them one part of my testimony is that when I knelt down at the altar I told God that I have nothing to offer. I mean, I didn't grow up in church. I knew absolutely nothing about it. I feel like the people in the book of Acts said, we've never even heard that there be a Holy Ghost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know anything like that. Yeah. But I remember I told God that I had nothing to offer Him. And I remember specifically what the Spirit had spoke to me, saying that if you'll give me the little bit that you don't even think you have, then I will give you every part of me. And it was... And it was that humbling of myself that allowed the Lord to truly save me and, and dramatically change my life. And I guess I can say I'm glad to know and I don't like using the word proud personally, but it does make me feel good to know that yeah. God has still found me worthy enough to find a way to use me in some way. Right. Yeah, it's an honor.
3: It yeah. really is. It really is.
0: I I am definitely not one of those people. <clears throat> I'm just you know, personally I just I haven't focused on that and it may change later on. I feel like I feel like you're the kind of person to laugh it off. Yeah,
3: I mean, I really do feel like
0: I feel know. like I make you feel better. Yeah, about it in different ways than just understanding your situation. Like I understand the situation and there are times where I will you know feel like you know i need to support you in it but there are other times where i just you know i want you to laugh about the situation more so and feel better about what is going on because
4: it's no big deal yeah you know you don't want the victim mentality right You don't you're right
0: and that's you know i've found that when it comes to me i i genuinely you know insults don't bother me that much because i'm just used to that kind of just having fun with people and and and, and going back and forth, and it, it's a lot of fun to me to do that. And there's some people who can't handle that, and I, I understand. I've <laughs> run into some of them, and we don't mesh well but, you know, with opposite mindsets. But with that, you know, there's there's a uh, – where was I going with this? Hold on. I had somewhere specific I was going with that thought. This is not the only one that does that. Yeah, I, I mine know. are better than yours, though. They, like, well, uh, no, I'm joking. I was going <laughs> say, I thought that was something like Yeah. me. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, But, you know, as an insulting person, sometimes I I try my best to feel for people in that situation. But also know that, you know, they don't have to be super serious. And I do remember where I was going with this. I was going to say that when it comes to people, I don't take myself very seriously at all. And, you know, even the skills that I have, what little they are, you know, with playing bass and drums or whatever it is, you know, or singing. But, uh, you know, whatever uh, little I have, like you said, then... I don't take myself very seriously about it and and I d- try my best to not have an ego and When I run into people that do, then there's just mm, there's just a little tiny bit of like I just roast them harder yeah. than I ever it, it's feel just like you need to? I need to break their ego down uh-huh because it if you're taking yourself that seriously then that can make you you can have a problem with that later, yeah. You know, and I just, I just don't. You know, it's like the things that I do well. Even that, I just am like, oh, you know, no big deal. To the point where I, I sometimes like act a little conceited as a joke because I really am not. You know, I don't. I, I understand that I play the bass somewhat well. At least that's what people have told me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. With that, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, be like as a joke, just oh, I'm the best bass player, or whatever, in conversation and 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 things. But I never want to come off as genuinely conceited, like I I deserve to be playing because I'm better than you. And I've I've struggled with that several times. And you know, I was at a youth camp at Dothan last year, and it was I had I had to tell somebody that he was better than me, and he and he was, mm. and I truly meant it. And it wasn't for him. It wasn't for him to know that. It was for me to say it. You know, and. And because there's big sentence right there, (laughs) (laughs) there really is. Yeah. What
1: sentence? Oh,
0: yeah. It wasn't that long. Uh, That's not what I meant. uh, Yeah, I know. Uh, But you know, it was it was important that I say that. It was in the middle of a church service, and I knew I needed to let that go. You know, because it was a situation where I had practiced a song. You know, because there was no one else around. And we went back. We didn't end up singing that song during the services because of how the services went. And then we we did that song later on, and we had tried to start practicing a different song. It didn't work, so we went back to that one. And I was kind of... We were already running late, and we had run late on practices every single day. And I was kind of like, wouldn't it be faster? The bass player was having a little difficulty learning what they were trying to do. And I was like, wouldn't it be quicker to you know, just use the guy who already knows it rather than have a new guy learn it. And I didn't mean it in a negative way, but it may have come off that way. But then later on in the service, I, I was just listening, the spirit was moving, the whole service was going on and, and, and exploding. And I, I was listening to the bass player because usually what I do anyway, whether I'm in the congregation or singing. And, and I was just like, you're better than me because I don't think I could I could play that solidly with, you know, that much restraint and just play to the song. Because I, I definitely overplay. I'm a lot better than I used to be. But even so, I still have moments where, you know, I'm young. I want to get it in. I, I try to play as much as I can while still supplementing the music. And the truth is there are different styles. Some people mm-hmm. play more. Some people play less. But it's a great experience to me to try to use that. And that applies to everyone. And it's not just about instruments. It's not just, but just not having an ego about things. Because God doesn't like that whatever it is you know he hates egos and if if you're gonna have one you either get it destroyed by me or
4: destroyed by god you know it's gonna go one way or another <laughs> well <What laughs> you think about ben well think about john the baptist what did he what mm. did he say when jesus came to be baptized oh yeah originally oh. You know, john didn't want to baptize him right you should but be he did, me. <laughs> yeah but he did end up saying he said i must decrease so that he may increase. Yeah, but he
3: said he, before, he's like, "One comes greater than I. That, I have, that the shoes are not worthy. That yeah. I can't yeah. well, Harvey said it, but you know, yes. not even to unlatch his shoes, not yeah. even to touch his thing. He's not worthy. But to to baptize him, and mm. you know, I'm not. I'm not worthy to baptize you, brother.
4: Yeah, because God is looking for a man that is so empty of themselves. Yeah, that He can fill them with great purpose. Right. Yeah, and to know. His you know, great purpose. For me right.
3: to say, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm a great guy, you know, but yeah. if I want to get greater, do I increase my or do I go down and, and right. do I go down on my knees and, and pray to the Lord and say, Lord,
4: fill me with you so that I can be greater? Right. Now, this leads to a question. So I'm yeah. going to ask a question. All right, here we go. Let's go. Let's go. So should a person humble themselves so much that they look almost pathetic when it comes to the things of God,
3: when you when you say humble, okay, let,
4: let let me give you an example, because okay. I sure. hear this quite constantly, yes. And I, and I used to be this person, okay. Yeah. Let's say, um, so in the beginning of when I was started preaching, you go through a period what we like to call seasoning. Yeah, you have <laughs> to learn your style and how to do it and yes. all these kinds of things. You have to learn how God wants to use you. But what a lot of people will say is, you know, I wish I would have preached it better, or or maybe I, you know, I. Maybe I should have done this or that. And to me, that almost gives a negative connotation because if God has given you the purpose and you are fulfilling what He would ask you to do, if you studied yeah. and prayed and, and you preached to the best of your ability, putting yourself down ultimately almost says, well, maybe I'm not fit for the calling that God has given me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's possible to put yourself down too much. Well, I, I think that... Um, proudly hold your office Mm
3: -hmm. yeah well I think that um for me personally you know if if I never change if I never you know decrease my own attitude of who I am you know and I stood the same way trying to be a minister for God in that same light would be almost impossible you know and I I couldn't without humbling myself. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't minister the gospel without humbling myself before God. You know, I'd have to. I'd have to humble because if I didn't, like I said, it would be it would be me, in, in my ego. Just like what Bill was talking about, in my yeah. ego of myself, trying to say you need to be like like for, if it's like almost like a Paul mentality, mm-hmm. like being like me. You know, <laughs> it's almost like yeah. it's almost, it's almost yeah. like yeah. a be like me. Yes. I know how to right. do it. But I don't. I don't yeah. know how to do it. Yeah. If I sit there and say, be like, be like me, then I'm leading you astray. I'm blind leading the blind. Right. You know, I need to humble myself. I need to get low. I need to decrease myself so that I can fill myself up with the Lord. Does right. that mean that I need to go down to the slums and become nothing at all? Then, then you know, what does Granny say? Like, um, she said, uh, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good kind yeah. of thing. Like, that's bogus kind of stuff. <laughs> like... I, she like, believes it, you know, if, yes. if you if you're too down and down to if you're too much, you, if you try to humble yourself way too much, yeah. then what are you susceptible to? You know, if I'm trying to learn how to preach a gospel, trying to preach a message, you know, and I let go of all of my personality, then I'm going to learn from not God, but anyone around me. You know, I'm going to learn how to preach the way they preach. I'm going to learn how to minister the way they minister. Yeah. I'm going to learn how to evangelize the way they evangelize and so on and so forth. I won't do it the way God wanted me to do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'll do
3: it the way that God wanted them to do it. But sure. he didn't call me to be them. He called yes. me to be me. That's big. You know, he yeah. called me to be me. So I humble myself so that I can
4: do it for him. Exactly. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, it's important. And, and humbling yourself is absolutely important. Sure. And, yeah. and I completely agree with that. I don't want you to misunderstand me. Yeah. What I mean is that I don't want someone to, to go with the feeling of, oh, I did such a terrible job, God made the wrong decision. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. I like to believe that God knows what he's doing. But I've heard, <laughs> I've heard people, I've heard young preachers talk like that. Yeah. And I think it's very detrimental to let them understand, hey, God called you for this, you're learning, and it's important to understand that don't be defeated in the work. Um, yeah. what, what does the Bible say? Don't be weary in well-doing. well-doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So by yeah. all means, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, sure. just move forward.
3: Yes. I, also, I also think that um, if, if the Lord showed me to do a message and at the end of my message I feel like I could have done it better, then at that point I kind of want to blame myself. for Take not, notes. Not preparing mm-hmm. myself. Yes. Yeah. I didn't take the time that I needed to take to prepare myself for that message. Right. So if the Lord showed me to preach something, and I waited till the last minute to get up on that altar because I knew I knew about the 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 note. I knew about the ser- the sermon. I knew what I was going to preach. You know. But yeah. I didn't prepare myself. Then at that point, I'm the one at fault. Sure. You know. I well, didn't prepare
0: myself. Th- I'm going to describe it like this: preaching. And, and, again, this is an outside view. Yeah. But to me, I feel like preaching is a duet between you and the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's, as a duet. That sounds so poetic. Yeah, though. there's, well, as a <laughs> duet, you know, I've, I grew up in a, a singing background. I've, you know, had classical training somewhat. and And a duet would have, you know, portions of things where, you know, one person sings and then another portion where a different person sings. And then sometimes they'll sing together. Right. And as a preacher if you're, you know, some of some of the preaching is you trying to get into the place where the spirit can move mm-hmm. and some of it is just the spirit leading you then if you feel like you didn't do well then it's because you're not holding up your end. Yeah, right. But if you're letting the spirit move then nothing that the spirit does you can be blamed for. You know, it's not your fault if you mess, you know, you messed up something, you didn't read it right or or you you know, didn't prepare enough maybe to to get all the connections that you needed there. But if you are in the right place, then the Spirit will use that to greater glory. But we've found on the podcast, I mean, we were talking about Jonah, we were talking about all these different people, the Spirit can really use anything. You know, the yeah. Holy Ghost can use anything mm-hmm. to the point where the Holy Ghost used and God used Jonah being thrown overboard in the place where he shouldn't have been and the whole ship got saved. Yeah. You know, so... It is important as a preacher to prepare yourself well, right. and that takes practice and time, as you know, You will attest, to learning how to speak it right and, and what works and what doesn't. But letting the Spirit move and not, not you know, blowing yourself up afterwards, saying, oh, that was the worst thing I've ever done, and, and all that. The Spirit moved in it, yeah. You know, or else you wouldn't have been up there. <laughs> you right. know, it, it had to move for you to be, even be there. Right. So if, if you're not preparing yourself well, you shouldn't be saying that was horrible. You should say, how do I make it better?
3: You know, I, I, I want to liken it to this, and i sorry if I don't make it the right way or whatever. Sorry. But you remember when we were doing that song up there where we were playing. I, saw, I showed you the song that I was talking, I'm talking about. Mm. It was a song that we, we did a, a mix on. We mixed it on, on the soundboard here. Yeah, It was the most recent song. Okay. But if we hadn't prepared to do that song in first, in in, in the beginning, if we yeah. hadn't if we hadn't practiced just a little bit to you know <laughs> what the chords were gonna change into, yes. and you know A G A or I don't know the chords, but I sound like I'm an idiot because yeah, I don't yeah, know what I'm saying. No, but D A D or whatever. Sure, gotcha. But if we weren't practicing those chord changes, and we weren't practicing where the where where the or the words were gonna be, and. Uh, the chorus and the, and the verses, we weren't practicing just for a little bit, then at that point, we didn't prepare, right? Yeah. But even if we and now that we, now we did prepare, right? We prepared for the song. We know, sure. we know what the chord changes are. We know the words. We know we're going to do one verse, then a chorus, then another verse, yeah. then a chorus, probably twice. Right. At that point, now, if we made a mistake, we have someone behind the computer that can say, oh, they made a little mistake here. Let me fix that you know let me change a little bit here and there yeah. you can't hear the guitar oh let me put the guitar just a little bit up Sure. oh the beat the drums are a little too loud let me pull yeah. the drums down a little right. bit you know but the message came across mm. the yes. people at that point the mm-hmm. lord's going to deal with people in the congregation and say you know what the message was given here let right. me little I mean, let me put this in your mind here yeah. and let you understand yeah. it better that that master mixer right. behind you is making that message worth what it would be in preached even if you didn't Do it right, right away. Yes, the Lord's gonna make it make sense.
0: That's a perfect example. And as the person behind the mixing board for that last song, (laughs) then I'll give you a little insight here. That there was a moment where, even though we rehearsed the chord changes, I still hear plenty of mistakes. By the way, it's called Turn Around, right? Uh, Yes, yes. Turn Around, you can find it. Turner Family Band, but. As the person behind that mixing board, I hear my mistakes more than anyone just because I, you know, it's like, oh, I, I knew what I was doing there and I should have done this. And, you know, sometimes I'm not going to the right chords and fixing it. But there was one portion where everybody, you know, during the second verse, everybody got silent pretty much. It was just kind of mom and the drums playing. And I was playing during that and I just didn't like what I did. I was just like, ah, I don't know if I like how I played that or whatever. And I just muted the entire bass for that portion. And then I had a little tiny fill going in to where it started to build a little. And once I did that, it looked great. However, the video doesn't because you can clearly see me playing and know is was happening, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But, but there was, you know, sometimes... You have to you know be aware enough to know where you shouldn't speak and and where there should be silence right and I was like, you know it fit with just the drums of piano well enough that I didn't have to play anything there. I chose to because again that comes down with a lack of experience and and wanting to put you know my mark on everything possible, but when I muted it, it really had the full potential that it could where you know you see the absence. And then you look and, like, oh, there it is, you know, and, and you kind of get that feeling of, of it, now it's back, you know. Well, you,
3: do, you, do what the, you do what the band director t- that I remember teaching me is when you have a break, you play the silence. Yes. It's not just, yeah. you know, it's not just put your instrument down for five measures or four measures or whatever. Yeah, you right. play the silence, yeah. right? In The same way with preaching. Yeah, rest is Sometimes When you're preaching you know? and you're giving a message, there can be a silent moment where the preacher's mm. said something yeah. and the congregation and is in, the, in quietness. It sure. feels like the congregation is is not taking information right there, right? You're right. But that quiet, you play it. Yeah. Because that is an, an, a very, very uh, impactful mo- point for the preacher. Sure. Because even though they're quiet, the congregation isn't saying anything at that point, they're soaking up information. Right. And that's where, that's where it's important to play it. You, if you sit there and get nervous and you feel like you messed up, yeah, you know, sometimes you Then you're not that. playing the silence. At that point, you're 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 playing yourself. Right. You know? <laughs> you're playing yourself yeah. if you're not if you're not if, if you think that you're if you think that you're messing up in this, yeah. in this congregation and you sit there and you try to well, let me say that again, you know, let me yeah. say it a different way or whatever the situation sure. is or let me change the subject because I didn't I don't think the congregation is yeah. is resonating with this or not. But if we play the silence, the Lord knows what He's doing. The silence can be more
0: intense than yeah, the, whatever you want to say. You and know? That, that song
3: sounded way better
0: for, to you yes. when, that,
3: when that little bass was muted, right? Yeah. You played the silence at that right. point, and now the song makes a lot more sense in right. harmony. And the same thing sure. with the Lord. The Lord's going to know when
0: you play your silence. Well, especially when it comes to the altar call, there are points where there's a lot of silence. And the reason for that is because... As I silenced the bass, it was so the other instruments can speak louder. And sometimes the preacher is silent because the spirit is speaking to people that we don't know. Wh- wh- who was it? Who was it? Samuel or uh, was it Samuel or Elijah
3: or uh, um, not Eli- um, who was it with the still small voice? It was um, Eli. Eli, with no, no, not Eli. No, no. It
0: was uh, it was Elijah. Elijah was, was in it? the Samuel. cave. In the cave. No, no, no. Elijah was Samuel. What? Not that
3: still no, it was it was, it was when he, he Sam it was Samuel. Samuel who said, Here am I, Lord?
0: Yeah, yeah. Who was it he was talking to? Eli. 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 Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. He was right. <laughs> you but you said uh, you said Elijah and still small, small voice small in the voice. cave, right? No, know. Yeah, yeah. Still yeah. small
3: voice was Samuel. Yeah, yeah. But um just like that, when when Eli, when Eli told Samuel, you know, when that voice comes to you again, just say, Here am I. Here i Yeah. Right, the right. Lord's thy, so thy servant here. Right, took it. He long wouldn't enough. be able. To, he wouldn't be able to hear that if he hadn't played the silence. Right. Yeah. It's just like it's just on the. C- Brother, can you preach that? <laughs> yeah, We're gonna have to <laughs> go ahead. No, we're, t- gonna we're, gonna in. In re- we're gonna be in revival. We're gonna be. We're gonna be in revival, and that's the, the, the first message. Just play the, play the silence. Go ahead. Yeah. He's preaching it now. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we had yeah. a video podcast You'd I see know. him Hesher with his mouth like <laughs> yeah. You
1: know it on time a, On a slight side note The fact that it took Eli Three times <laughs> To understand What was happening <laughs> yeah. here Really shows How far He had fallen At that time
4: He mm. still almost Shrugged it off yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah He was just like No somebody else Must have called out In the middle of the night He was the high priest Who else well, was It wasn't call? me calling you Go back to bed Yeah
4: and honestly if I don't take a shower, Talon. Go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I if 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 I would have been there, I almost could have imagined even on that third time, Eli saying, uh, it must it, it it must be the Lord. Just just go back to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he he, yeah, he yeah. probably said it just to say it. Right. Even though it was, there was truth to it. Sure. More than likely, he was saying it to just say it to. Because well, remember, his sons, right. half-nine Phineas, yeah. they were, <laughs> they
0: were like, they were, yeah, they were bad. doing they were, all sorts of things that were negative, and he and was, not hands off,
3: it, he wasn't doing anything to, to help him. Yeah. So at that right. point, yeah,
0: it, like like we said, if you
3: know the sin is happening in your household and you don't know nothing about it, you're committing that sin yeah, too. You're playing the silence. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you're playing the, silence the sin. <laughs> you know? You're playing the silence that sin.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you're playing the silence. You're not the, saying the, nothing the about that it. One. Yeah.
3: But yeah, you you just said, so he, yeah. It's. Um, yeah, he went in a different direction.
0: That's no, fine, that's fine. But yeah, it's important to know when to speak and when to be quiet. And, you know, preaching is difficult
4: sometimes to get to where you need to go. Go ahead, brother. Well, I will say this, and, and you're right, but it's not going to relate to just preaching. Mm. Um, my assistant pastor's wife is our piano player, and she'll play. onward percent of our altar calls Mm -hmm. and she and and not even that just during the regular song service portion if there's a song going on Mm -hmm. she is one of the most adept people I've ever seen to read a congregation about whether or not to continue to play a song and allow it to keep going Mm -hmm. because sometimes we as musicians even because I am one myself so I know this feeling Sometimes you can play a song, and in your mind, you're like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. Right. I don't think this needs to go on. Sure. But you have to learn to—you can take moments to keep playing and stop singing, but you, we've got to be able to read the crowd, the congregation, and, and see is, some, is the Lord dealing with maybe even one person? And if so, you've got to learn to continue on in that.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah.
4: it's about removing yourself— from the situation and regardless of whether you want to stop or not you've got to allow the Lord to work yeah same way as you mentioned during an altar call how there are moments of silence it's it's super important i mean think about what happens the moment someone goes to speaking in tongues that there be an interpretation oh, what happens mm-hmm. silence absolute silence yeah. in that place you and won't then- i mean it's it's interesting because even There's your no babies baby. will generally <laughs> yeah. be silent. Yeah.
0: Well they know they're trained. They trained yeah, up yeah. absolutely, you know. Everybody feels it, you know. That and that's what I I don't know this, but I imagine that in some way that uh that that might have been what Nebuchadnezzar felt when, when the uh you know, it's just that power mm-hmm. that you don't need somebody to necessarily tell you to To be quieter, you just feel it in yourself, mm. you know what's going on, and it sometimes. Well, especially when, you know, me growing up in church and not necessarily being in the right place, it's a scary feeling sometimes when there's just silence. And you're like, is it going to be about me?
4: Yeah.
0: Are you speaking to me? Because wow. I don't want you to speak wow. to it's, me. It's, you know? that's, that's almost like pre conviction at that point. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> there's something yeah. going that's, on in The that, that, silence you? is like the waiting for the Holy Ghost to speak sometimes is where you want to go to the altar because you're terrified of yeah. what happens. Yeah. yeah. But, it's like that's
4: just you convicting yourself. Yeah. It's like, has anyone been somewhere and all of a sudden it gets eerily quiet? And, like, my son has done this. Like, I was downstairs with him in the basement, and all of a sudden he decided to go sit down in a chair and be absolutely quiet. I hollered his name out, and <laughs> oh, no. no response. And I was like, did the rapture happen? <laughs> I was like, it could have. I'm still here. But you, you have that instance <laughs> yeah. of fear, like, yeah, what did true. I do wrong? Yeah, and. I think all of us have been there. Yeah. I had that yep. happen
3: one time when I went to go try to call everybody. I called my I called my mom, I called I called Bill, I called my wife, I called Granny, I called Sister Lee, I called
0: everybody. <laughs> yeah. Nobody answered the phone and I'm just like <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Lord? <laughs> he called he called me and I did answer, but he's just like, I don't know, I still don't know. <laughs> no, but, oh this man. was a while ago. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> yeah, I um yeah. I would
3: be scared if the thunder my son is is like mortified when it comes to thunder. Like really? he, he hears it, he runs to my bedroom and mm-hmm. he he lays right there next to me and I'm like, Are you okay? He's like, I'm scared of thunder. You know, and I'm pretty sure if he was in his room and had no one around and he and he heard thunder, he would think the same thing you know Cause yeah. we teach him the same thing about the rapture, sure, you know? and he would probably think that so but hey, um brother Brandon is i know i I know you're gonna have an answer for me, and I think it's gonna be a different answer than most other people have given me mm. but this is the this is the cu- question I give every guest on the podcast. You've heard? Have you heard the question? Okay. Well, here's the question, 30 brother. 30. If you could talk to any biblical character, biblical character, any of them, the caveat is Jesus and Paul, obviously, because mm. we've had Paul yeah. way too many times, and you're gonna talk to Jesus, no. so we're <laughs> not gonna have that. De- that's what quest- that's okay? what prayer is. Yeah, we already get to do that way. Right? So. If you could talk to any biblical character, Old or New Testament, or you can have one of each, whatever you want to answer, who would it be and why, and what would you talk about?
4: I actually have two that I've been thinking on quite a bit. One is actually Judas. Ooh. big one. You know, I wanted to hear that one. Big J. Because let's let's just be straightforward. Judas does get a bad rap in a lot of ways. Right. And I'm not condoning what he did. Sure. But... Judas was not destined to betray Christ and he would have had an opportunity to be saved.
2: Yeah. yeah. Because
4: Jesus yeah. died for everyone. Right. And so I think in some ways it's a very tragic story. And so, you know, I would like to sort of gain his perspective because right. ultimately, think about what did Judas do? We give him such a hard time and I, like I said again, I'm not condoning it, but all he did when he betrayed Christ was gave up his location.
3: Yeah. Give a kiss, give him a kiss. He just, yeah. He said,
4: that's the guy. That's, yeah. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's all he did. And that was the betrayal of Christ. And you know, if you really want to compare it, I mean, what did Peter do? He denied him three times. Yeah. Even, you know, the Bible even says he so, cursed. I and, just had a,
0: that's so interesting that you compared those two. Cause just as you were saying that, I was thinking that, that they, <laughs> both, they both betrayed Jesus right? Mm-hmm. Judas betrayed Jesus by telling, saying that he knew who he was and Peter betrayed oh, Jesus by telling him word. that he didn't know who he was preach it right there dude. <laughs> I <laughs> just thought that, that. It it was like right they there. both betrayed by doing this, the opp- off- yeah, yeah. Hey. do it, do it the opposite, hey, you got the new they did the you opposite yeah, you thing <laughs> You know, they did the opposite thing and yet still both betrayed, Yeah. you know and, and to be fair, Judas I, I agree with you, Judas didn't do that much he just said, I know where they're going to be at Yeah. And and it was, he didn't know what they were planning to do. And in fact, I think when he found out what they planned to do and they planned to kill him, that that was when he he killed himself. It's because he knew that he, he, my opinion on Judas is that he was somebody, as we all have in some points, who tried to put God's plan as their own. I wonder if he was having a hard time. Financially too Yeah, I because don't know It was low You don't think so? It was a low price It was not worth I think what he wanted to do Is he thought it was moving A little too slowly 30 pieces of silver? Well, i I think, agree. I think he, he didn't understand The full meaning of the Messiah And at that point there were, The zealots were You know, there were some in, in his disciples That were zealots Who had swords Yeah And I think that they The entire time As a lot of people thought That the Messiah was going To destroy the Romans Because it was a very Narrow mindset When they said, save you, then they're like, oh, this means from the thing we currently face, not everything Mm -hmm. in earth. You know, he's not going to save us from our sin. We just thought the Romans are our problem right now.
4: Yeah, I think the reason he went to the Pharisees is because he had a very philosophical mindset of the Messiah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and so he went there and said, hey, I know where he's going to be at, and hoping in that moment that that was – he just tried to control the story. He mm-hmm. wanted to be that he points him out and he gets it started, but then Jesus rises up and all the miracles start happening. And I don't know, he's throwing millions of pieces of bread. I don't know what he thought was going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, he takes over and takes down the Romans and everything was started because of him. Yeah. Because that's the way a lot of people thought that Jesus was going to be. And, you know, they, he tried to take control of that plan and say, here he is, arrest him, but he's going to break out. He's going to take everybody down. And then he found out that, that he was just going to die. Mm-hmm. And and realized that he had caused that, and and he had potentially created, because again nobody thought, even though Jesus said it multiple times, which is f- hilarious to me, but he, even though he said it multiple times, no one thought he was going to rise from the dead. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's
3: like did he did Judas understand that he was going to die when he sold
0: him? No, he I just don't think knew so. that he was
3: selling him to the hands yeah. of these right. people. That's all he right. knew. Just to stand be- before them. Right. In the in like a, in the court kind of kind of way, not not mm-hmm. not they're gonna kill him. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Man. Here we
4: go. And I just totally thought about this because we were making those comparisons with yeah. Peter and yeah. with Judas. Yeah, Christ warned both of them as well yes. ahead of time. Yes. He warned yeah. Peter that he would deny him thrice, and he w- yep. and then he warned Judas at the sup the Last Supper. Yeah.
0: yeah, and Judas knew. There's no way, like. The disciples didn't – I guess they were talking. I don't know what happened. They didn't really know what was going on except for John, he said, oh is that goodness. the one. But he said, <laughs> you know, I, whoever I did the sop and give it to, he will betray me. Yeah. And so – that's the thing is that he told Judas do what you're going to do. Man, imagine though, like and Judas a, is thinking, oh, he's a, he's on board. Judas is like, he's on board. He's gonna do what I what I want. Imagine you know?
3: you're at the supper, mm. right? And he says that same thing. He who I dipped the up and give it to them. With oh, that? And you you were the one that he gave it to. How would you feel? How would you feel if you're the guy sitting next to the guy? He gave Even it to then, <laughs> <laughs> he starts Whatever. reaching towards you. You're like, oh, yeah, oh, But oh. like, well, <laughs> he gave it to you. How would you feel at yeah. that point? You're like, I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to betray you, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, you know. I wonder why Peter didn't cut off his ear? Just
0: Judas's. The, yeah, They could find him. Was he started. wasn't. He wasn't there. He was just Peter. Didn't think about any of his decisions at that yeah. point. <laughs> he just kind of did them. Um, that's a, that's. that oh, so I am way that insight.
1: Peter, but in all the worst ways.
0: Yeah. You don't know how to fish. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's some crazy yeah. insight yeah. Judas about. is Judas is very interesting. And he was a thief as well. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. was the one who carried the money of the disciples, but Jesus knew all that. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a surprise to him that he, he was stealing anything. He picked anything. all the
3: people for their very purpose, of, yeah. every, for everything.
0: And he said yeah. about Judas that it was better that he was never born, which is sad. I would hate to hear that from
3: oh, yeah. my own ears. I, mean, I would hate to hear that. Yeah. It was better that I was never born.
4: Because the because ultimately what drove Judas to commit suicide was his guilt of yeah. what happened to Christ, and the thing is, is um, it's my understanding of whenever you go to hell, you actually relive all of those opportunities you had to follow him, and oh. he'll have to live with that guilt for eternity. Yeah.
3: You know, they say they they say <laughs> I
0: didn't that. think hell
4: could get worse, but somehow it just did. <laughs> yeah, <for some laughs> I thought I'd just be <laughs> darkness,
0: and instead I'm real. Yeah, you could have got saved right here. That's awful. The uh, um. <clears throat> The idea that what was I gonna say?
3: We don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I What did you
0: say? That was not important enough. No. To say anything. I'm sorry. Oh sorry. No, I'm you. not saying you, I'm saying me. <laughs> my thing was no, not. I'm you were saying how we relive the moments. We're talking about Judas and yeah, the potential for getting back guilt. No, guilt. I don't know if that's completely well, really
3: forgotten. Right. No. Right. It it came to me in a split second and then it left me. Oh my goodness. it actually sucks, guys.
0: It's like thunder.
3: Yeah. Something talk about talking about Jesus and, and the and the disciple
0: of um, yeah, Peter? Of, no, We're talking Judas. Judas. Um thirty pieces of silver money. Mm-hmm. Uh Kiss. No. Oh. Never, I
3: can't Never mind. It's it's, right. it's it's gone. It's All gone. Right. I remember,
0: if
1: we keep I'll about probably it, remember. How long was Judas with
0: Jesus? <laughs> Here we go, another question. Like it was with as the full time and the time guy the who keeps looking at his phone for the time. Yeah, so I, was this, checking,
1: I was checking. for text messages. Oh, I'm supposed sure. to have a package. that's Supposed to be in the house today. Oh, okay.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. It's got the answer to this question in it, probably. What yeah. did you? What was it? Uh, how long was Judas? How
1: long was Judas there? Cause was he there? full time
0: with the disciples at least? Yeah. Um, I don't know. He, man. At least three years, mm. because that's as far as the disciples were.
1: So when do you think that the, the plan to do this started? When do you think he was like, well, if I, if I go to the Pharisees?
4: That can almost be um, shown through Scripture almost the chapter right before the Last yes. Supper. Um, now, I will go ahead and say this because I want to bring it up. I don't believe Judas was possessed. But it does say in the um, chapter right before that the devil went into Judas. Yes. And it was from that moment that we can infer that that's when the plan had started. I don't necessarily think it was really the devil went into him, but maybe that it was the plan of the enemy had started in that moment. Well, the, the like devil like entered the into Peter, too. Like because a metaphor? You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they were possessed because that would allude to the fact that he had no control over his actions. Yeah. And, and we can infer from scripture that Judas was in complete understanding of his actions.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: Oh. I'm trying to look I don't know what's going on. The Bible's failing right
0: now. Not the literally app. Oh, the, the, app. App. the app the app the website is yeah. not working. Yeah. yeah. Um but Yeah, you're right. I I don't know Jesus said, you know, get thee behind me, Satan, to Peter. So it's easy for the devil to enter into our thoughts and minds. Mm -hmm. And without him directly possessing, I think he just influenced his decisions to think that they were the right ones.
3: Oh, I know what I was going to say now. Oh, yes. (laughs) But imagine, I I was thinking that that Judas was um, sitting there thinking, after Jesus had said that it would be better for you to not, it would be better for you to never have to never have lived, right? Yeah. At this point. I'm just thinking at that same point, it's like someone saying, like, if you were living for uh it says in the it says somewhere I think in the Bible where um it'd be better for you never to be born than to have a relationship with God and then uh mm-hmm. and, and be away from him, right? Right. So mm-hmm. that same exact scenario yeah. happened with, with Judas. For us, what would that be like, you know, for us to have an experience with God and then to completely betray Him and then live our life separate from Him? It would be completely, it would be a whole different.
4: Oh, there wow. is such a, a, a big rabbit trail we could take with that that yeah. I've been thinking on. We take rabbit trails all the time. Yeah. Um, we find, and we, and we, we can get into rabbit, send rabbit send holes, too. Rabbit. So we get rabbit it, holes, too. When it comes to that understanding It it really is the life the backslider lives. I mean, the way of a transgressor is hard. Mm, You know, and a lot of people look at the fact that someone backslides. Like, we know about people who believe in the one saved, always saved. They're always like, well, they must have never been saved to begin with. Yeah. I began to think about that, not that I believe it at all, but sort of a a rebuke to that. And the Lord took me to one of the most interesting scriptures. And it was, Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. I never knew you and I was like why is that scripture there and I began to look at it and I then went to the next scripture of when you receive salvation it says old things are passed away behold all things are become new you are a new creature a new person yeah well we read to the and he's going to say it to the backslider depart from me you worker of worker of iniquity I never knew you it really means I never knew this version of you. Hmm. It's almost as if when you fully backslide and abandon the Lord, you don't go back to your old ways. Yeah. Most people go back into a worse situation. True. To yeah. a worse self, mm-hmm. not their old self. Yeah. They go to a worse version of self. Right. And so that's why when he says I never knew you, it's he's ultimately saying I don't know this version of you. Yeah. Because if you become a new creature when you're saved, but then you fully backslide, you don't revert to that old self. Yeah. You're still a new person. But it's worse because you have an understanding of God. You've yeah. had an experience, and now you're fully avoiding right. what God wants to do in your life. You're all, on... You're all, I don't know how else to put it. But that, that makes it's sense. Almost yeah. like, it's almost it, like saying it's you're a new a creature again because you yeah. backslidden. I don't want to say it that way, well, but yeah. you get the understanding. Yes,
1: yeah. It's like... Uh, the house that was cleaned and swept, but there was nothing in it. And yeah. when the, when the, Demons. was it a demon came back yeah. Spirit and I saw it empty, went and got, was it seven of his friends who yeah. came? It's that same principle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I should have yeah. looked up the story, yeah. so I had it. That you were right. you're right. clean, you're right. but instead of adding things like yeah. the Holy Ghost and, and kindness and charity... Instead you just, you know, go to church and sit there and listen to the preacher kind of all right, go home. Yeah. You know, then when finally, you know, because you have no, you know, spiritual basis to support you because you're not doing anything but just listening to preachers and and not thinking yeah, about when it. You, when you don't
1: pray, when you don't read, yeah, when you don't then you grow, fall at all.
0: You fall farther because there's you know, you're easier easier to get pulled down at that point. Mm. And and now you've known the truth. But forsake it, you know. So
3: that's so almost like a whole like mm-hmm. like was Judas ever committed to to like fully being a disciple?
4: I mean he did follow him through the rough and the hard times, but at the same time there's really nothing in scripture about his commitment right. necessarily. Yeah. Does, does is there anything
0: about any other disciple about their commitment besides John and Peter? Um James. Yes, James. I, we talked about this with Curtises when we asked him this question. He had one of the most interesting answers we've heard, other than yours, Andrew. And it was Andrew, yeah. the brother of oh, Peter, yeah. who is a very underrated yeah. disciple because he led two other at least disciples to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and ne- I, I gotta say, Peter has a lot of negative, you know, reviews in the <laughs> Bible. Where, he, you know, they said, oh, he didn't do that right. He didn't do this right. Andrew, nothing. He's perfect. I mean, he just, he led people. He never had a problem. You know, cast down your nets and follow me. Boom, gone, left, you know. Yeah. And he Ooh, never, he- you know, he just he just supported. That was his role. He was supported and is very underrated as the disciples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really like that answer that he gave because it, you know, it says something about the other disciples that even though their name isn't mentioned, my dad went through for his Sunday school class at one point and named, and went through all the disciples and kind of talked about them. And a lot of, some of them was like, we could spend a month on Peter alone, yeah, you know, and we did, I think, two weeks on that. But, you know, Judas, we had a lot of discussion about that. But then you get to just like, you know, it's, it's what it was the one, Uh Simon, the, like the second Simon in there, and you're just like, oh well, we don't we don't really know a whole lot about him. We don't know a lot about him. We don't, and it's a lot of it was historical about what they did after yeah. the history records. But it's the, the truth that even though you're one of the disciples that is called, and probably you know, those were twelve of the closest people to Jesus that have ever lived. Mm-hmm. Even in that elite group, there's still people who are like who. Bartholomew, who is that? You know, Mm -hmm. it's just we don't because we don't read anything about it, which says something to how outspoken and loud Peter was that he's mentioned that much, Mm -hmm. you know, compared to all the other disciples. When there's 12 guys out there, and he's the one who's always doing something, he's Mm -hmm. always walking out on the water and failing, he's always, you know, swinging his sword and failing in the garden, he's betraying Jesus, but. That kind of brings yeah. back to your question about being humble. <laughs> <You> know,
4: <laughs> he didn't change who he was. <laughs>
0: he's who he is, and we
4: learn yeah. from him at all, that's at, true. at all
3: He's He is one of the most beliefs. relatable
0: disciples because yeah. he's just somebody who's, mm-hmm. you could tell that's a normal dude <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just following Jesus. He's like, build the tabernacles up here, and you're like, mm-hmm. that's stupid. No. Did you, did, did you want to <laughs> go I wonder through? I
1: if, wonder if he had ADD. He just said the first thing he thought of, did the first action.
3: I don't, I don't know. Did you uh, want to get to your second one, or did you want to... Oh, that's up to you all. It's up go to ahead. You. It go gave ahead. you the question. No, go it's your ahead. your question. Um, the first one was so good, we just, got to hear the second Yeah, one. Yeah, uh, you got <laughs> so, in, so much insight on Judas. So wanna yeah. hear.
4: Well, the other one that I wanted to talk talk about, would like to talk to, is actually Stephen.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Have we had
4: Stephen yet? No. We nope. haven't had Stephen nope. yet. <laughs> because I remember when I first got saved and got to reading, and... When I finally got to the Book of Acts and I read about Stephen, it blew my mind because I mean just his when it, especially after I got the call to preach, I went back and read Stephen as well because yeah. he he preached the whole history just about the, yes. the, the Sadducees there, yeah. and then but at the end, it's almost like he has it's like he's paralleled with Christ, mm. yeah, because you know he's able to see up into heaven and he is he is asking god to forgive those people that are stoning him in the moment it's wow. just like when christ was on the cross he said father forgive them, them for they know not what they do and it's like i i would like to under you know see his position because ultimately from what we read with stephen his it He's sounds like. like he had such a great marvelous work but at least from how we read it it's it's like it was very short lived yeah
3: I feel like it was like almost a mm. mirror of Jesus. And, and I feel like that's when, when why when he got stoned, you see Jesus standing or a standing ovation to mm-hmm. Stephen, you know. Right. Did I say Stephen standing or Jesus standing? But
0: I don't know. I don't remember. Were you, listening? <laughs> Were you half listening?
3: <laughs> I listening? I was listening, but, but I don't remember. It almost seems like that's the reason why Jesus was standing at mm-hmm. the right hand of the Father when Stephen was being stoned. Because he was at that point Living almost exactly the same
4: way that Jesus did, and see the other correspondence of why I'd like to talk to him is because who was in the crowd? Oh, Saul, who eventually becomes he was holding the jacket. Yeah, right. He was holding Stephen's jacket. Listen, we
3: were talking about this in Brother Jordan's episode. Yeah, and we were talking about maybe that's I don't know if it is or not, but maybe that was the thorn in his side. Because the revelation, the revelation <laughs> that he had to know what he was going through to give all these people punishment for following Jesus, yeah. and then Paul having to go through the same thing that he was yeah. making them go through he was getting stoned, you know, he was yeah. being ridiculed, mm-hmm. talked about, you know. What is that? What a thorn.
0: Right. How many times do you think he oh. saw the faces of the people in his head as he went through persecution? Is that what he saw their, their strength? Go ahead. Brother, what know, do you got? You got you're you're I'm, antsy. I'm, I don't know. I'm taking I'm your antsy spot. When you these go. things come into play, yeah, and they come yeah. in my,
4: I love talking about this yes. stuff. Yeah. But whenever he got Stephen's jacket, yeah. it, it parallels. Because with Elijah and Elisha, when Elisha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh.
0: <laughs>
4: when, Man. What? Wow! I need to put some more explosion sound effects over this one, too. (laughs) Our brains are exploding. Because what did Elisha end up getting from Elisha? The mantle. But what did he ask for? A double portion. Yeah. And so when I think about that, yeah, we can obviously see, I mean, Paul... You know, historians would say he got beheaded in the end. We don't really read that yeah. in Scripture, of course, but that's sure. what historians said most likely happened. Right. Yes. But we can see how much he was persecuted, locked in prison, put away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, so Twice. not only did he how get a, almost like a double portion of Stephen's torture, if you will, mm-hmm. but also in the ministry aspect. Yeah. I mean, and you look at Elisha, he, he basically, it, when I first read through that, I almost thought I was reading the same book. About Elijah twice by accident because right? they're 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 the miracles that, that are performed are very paralleled, but you when you read them it's they're double exactly. they're double, and so it's it's really interesting to see that, but it's almost as if Stephen being that great, bold man to stand up against the people and to tell them that, hey, Jesus is the man. Jesus is the Christ. The entire history from the beginning of Adam and Eve all the way up to when you crucified him proves that he is who he says he is. And then to pass that boldness, that mantle, on to Saul who eventually becomes Paul. And you see the boldness that Paul had Yes.
3: Come on. That's <laughs> something. I'm telling man. you what, man. Oh, I was trying to look up.
0: There's a part where there's a piece of scripture where Paul talks about the persecution he went through. Yeah. And he mentions being stoned multiple times. How many times was that? I oh, hope I think, it's two. I was I thinking it's, it's two. two. Yeah, I man, two. I If it is, is, that's perfect. I've I heard could, of two. I could shout He walked right away now. twice. Yeah, yeah.
3: He walked away twice. Yes. I know
0: that. So that's you know, Paul. That's why we kind of were like don't talk about Paul because we could talk about it for for mm, hours. Yeah. You know, he's amazing. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, <laughs> no, it's, fine. no, no, up, no, no it's fine. No, 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 it's fine. That's you think Stephen though, and Stephen was a big aspect of the story. Right. Well, that's the thing is is that you think that. When you hear the story of, of uh, the snake latching onto Paul's hand, mm. you know, then, then you hear... Because you've been reading about Paul the last, you know, however long of just him. This is near the, you know, closer to the end of his missionary journeys. And you're reading it and you're like, oh, this is Paul, the great preacher. Yeah. And then a snake latches onto his hand and all the barbarians say, oh, he must be a murderer. And you're like, that's not a murderer, that's Paul. But he was a murderer.
3: Yeah. When they absolutely. called him a murderer,
0: he was a murderer. And so that's where the devil was attacking. It wasn't just a snake, it was the name.
4: It was against his character.
0: Yes. It, it, he felt that more than we know. It more wasn't just he. like, no, I'm not. I'm a preacher. And he shook it off. It was like, I am a murderer. Maybe this is what's going on. You know, the devil's fighting every moment. And he just shook it off into the fire because it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, he was a murderer, but that's who because he was. Because he was a new man. He mm-hmm. was a new creature. And the yeah. snake was now ashes. It was a new creature too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh man, so much insight. From yeah, that was
3: that's oh, oh. that's really you're probably gonna use some of those notes, Steven, or is amazing. Got him wrote amazing. down. Yeah, Stephen <laughs> is amazing in oh, your man. fancy the Bros book. Yes, sir. <laughs> right, with your Bros that pen. book is terrible. Stephen was, a f- you <laughs> that know. joke is just too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know because it is terrible.
0: You yeah, I mean, you know, Stephen Steven was incredible. Was. And what yeah. he was able to do, and and the way he preached, because you know, you hear Peter, you know, <laughs> Peter preaching, and and it was amazing. But I think personally, that Stephen's message, was was greater than Peter's on the day of Pentecost. His mm. just had so much more added. Yeah. His message could have been an entire book of the Bible written by Paul. I mean, it's just the history behind it, you know, is is incredible. And ah. and the reason he was called, they were actually. Um, I was reading earlier in the scripture, because you, you think about the big story moments, but sometimes you forget the little details. Yeah, And so um, so like, the 12... Like,
3: the one, like Paul's nephew who came and saved yeah, him. Yeah, right, yes. Little small
0: little <laughs> detail. <laughs> right. Uh, and it sa- it's in chapter 6, and uh, it says the 12 were calling the multitude of disciples, so the main disciples were calling all the disciples that they, they were around. And said, it is not reason that we should leave the work of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom ye may appoint over this business. So Stephen was one out of seven Mm -hmm. that were called, by the 12 who were called by Jesus. Right. So, um, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And then they mentioned six other names that, that does not say full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm sure they all were, but Stephen obviously was, was more so yeah. out of that. First mentioned, wow. and then you know, they, they sat before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And, then, and it goes on in verse 8, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And then it said, and there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and of them Sicilia yeah. and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. So at that point, all of those synagogues that were mentioned and, and the people there were, were the, the people that would uh, – when Paul was brought to the Acropolis, that was where they discussed all of these different things. And they were there to debate. That's what they love to do is debate mm-hmm. things and talk yeah, about different new great. ideas. Huh? Sorry, nothing. Okay, never mind. And uh, they they were presenting new ideas and trying to s- see the value of them and the merit of them. And this is a similar situation where everybody hears about this this guy. Were they literally waiting tables? What did that? I didn't get what that said there. Mm. Uh, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. I think that means he was a little. He was a waiter. <laughs> mm. Just a waiter, and everybody would like you. Gotta Say get- it one more time. Sorry. Um, I'll read the whole verse. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them, and said, "It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables." And then they immediately say, "Look, lay out among you seven men of honest report, full of so." So
3: to leave the word of God and to serve tables it's like, I would say, from just that scripture alone, it would be like, it would make no sense for me to leave the word, leave God, and to do a different job.
0: Yeah. So look, look for seven people that can, that can be out in the middle. Because the apostles weren't called to do their jobs. They were called from their jobs, yeah. the 12, you know, and they were, they were going out. But they were to being it. used right.
3: by their, their uh, job, like, like Matthew being the test.
0: Oh, I, yeah. Um, I should have read the first verse. And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring from the Grecians against the Hebrews
4: because their widows were neglected in their daily ministration. So go ahead, brother. It says here um, in part of my commentary, mm. it says, um, wh- where'd this go? There we go. As the early church increased in size, so did its needs. One was to organize the distribution of food to the poor. Mm. So the apostles okay. needed to focus on preaching, so they chose others to administer the food program. Each person was a necessary part to play in the life of the church. Wow, mm. that's awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. Different, yeah and it happened to be one of those with Stephen and and eventually he had so much wisdom yeah. that people would just come to dispute with him and talk about mm-hmm. the talk about you know the things of the spirit and then it says in verse 10 they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake amen and sometimes you know especially in this day and age instead of doing what they should have done which is to just say well, I guess I can't say anything against him, so I I'll just leave him alone, you know. I I but instead they. Then they set up people who would come and say he blasphemed against God, and and set up liars and and tried essentially the first cancel culture, yeah. you know, of of just saying he said things that are wrong. But just because you can't fight him, then you're like we need to take him down, mm-hmm. because we can't outthink this person. Then he needs to go, right. you know. Scroll down. Go ahead.
4: Wow. It's so parallel to Christ. It's, it's not funny. Yeah. And setting up people to him, and he even repeats yeah. talking about how the uh, temple will be destroyed. Yes. Yeah. Wow.
0: And can change the be, custom. This can be a three, Which is true. Podcast, Which is true. This is really funny because they're bringing him to the council as they're sitting in the middle of the council, filled with hypocrites and Pharisees and Sadducees that only care about the law. Then their words of accusation. Or for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us.
2: Mm.
0: Which is exactly what he said. And that's exactly what happened. The council will be destroyed. And then the customs will be destroyed as well. And Uh they will be changed. Mm. And then, and then, and all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. And that's the end of the chapter. (laughs) end of the chapter (laughs) that's a commercial break ladies and gentlemen we'll be right back and then boom you know that's the next so good so good i love the bible so much it's so fun to see that moment the face of an angel and then there's a dramatic pause as you flip the page (laughs) trying to get there as fast as possible
3: (laughs) bill's idea that the bible is has so much humor in it is so good like yeah have you have to read. You have to be here to read a story with Bill, <laughs> with his perspective in it. It is so fun. hilarious. It's, great. it's so fun.
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, yeah. Stephen was just one of those people that that we don't even read this chapter. We just read the message. We read, you know, him getting stoned. Yeah. But this chapter, he is he's a waiter that 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 is getting you know argued with over the merit of the Bible. Yeah. And and what Jesus is going to do to the point where he's called before the, the full council uh, of the Sanhedrin. That, you know, imagine being that set in faith that, you know, you have to be pulled into court to defend it. Hmm. It's like, up oh, well, next on the docket, that. we have a waiter here who is talking some, some, <laughs> some <laughs> crazy ideas. Uh, and uh, where do you work at? Okay, you work at uh, Fuseli's. All right, that's fine. And, uh, <laughs> so you, you wait tables regularly, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Oh, and it says here you said that we, you were going to destroy this place and change the customs of Moses. Uh, <laughs> wow, all right, <laughs> you know. Oh, man. They had to set up that. And, and then what happened to the other seven? They just, were they just doing their job and not really talking about the Holy Ghost as much? I don't know, but it's very funny that they mentioned all of those. You know, what happened to Philip and Procurius and Nicanor and Timon? And pa- Timon? Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Mm. Hmm. Nothing. Nothing no, happened no. to them. They probably didn't even become martyrs. They were just there. Just,
1: <laughs> they just handled food. Yeah. yeah. But that's the origin story. More than yeah. It's
0: like with Jesus had John the Baptist, you had to die first to to be called. Stephen is, is Paul's John the Baptist. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a... Wow, Steven
3: Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's that's that's a parallel. parallel. Yeah. yeah, it's a parallel. It makes it's sense. The amount of parallel,
1: like <laughs> Listen, the Bible is full of parallels. Yeah, Bible is full. Like of the parallels. whole time, they're like, it's gonna be like this guy, and then yeah. it's gonna be like this one. Yeah, and just in case, it's that's gonna true. be like this too. Yeah, yeah. And nobody paid attention. And They were still like, no, that's not right. Yeah,
0: who's yeah. nobody? There's a, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who nobody. Everybody is, is nobody. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's very funny to me to see how, like, I understand Jesus talked in riddles a lot, and we know the answer to him, so it's easy for us to say that it's like, oh, how did you not get that? But then there were some times where you're like, no, he, he said, I will die they were gonna kill me and I'll rise again on the third day and they're like and what? As he's, what temple, as he's in the temple as he's in the temple saying yeah. that he will destroy this temple and in three days That one I build have again. a little respect for the people because he's in the middle of a physical <laughs> temple saying, I'm gonna destroy the temple and rise again in three days. Build it back up in three days. You mean the temple you're standing in? You're not gonna do that. There's no, like, no way you can yeah. build it
3: back up in three days.
0: But there are other times where he's very, very, very clear to the disciples and they still have no idea yeah. what he's talking about. They're like, No, you won't die, you'll be fine. <laughs> You know, brother Brandon, did you, are you enjoying yourself? Oh,
3: absolutely! Is this a good podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, my sir. goodness, I enjoyed uh, myself in this yes. podcast. Anybody else did? It's enjoyable. Did I you enjoy it. yourself, John? I learned. Things. You, you missed the opportunity. I'm sorry, my hand Did you came. enjoy yourself, John? Absolutely. All
1: right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I know, I didn't cue anybody. Yeah, I'm going to get it. fired. Yeah, <laughs> hey,
3: you're done. You're yeah. done. No, I missed just cue. If Q. we fire Bill, though, we're doomed. Hey, John, do you have Absolutely. any... Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, John, do you have any uh, thoughts you want to bring in before we close this out?
1: Um, I do want to say one thing. Um, it has to do with one person we have not talked about. Thomas. Uh, so yeah, most yeah. people, when they think of Thomas, the first thing they think of is doubting Thomas. That's
4: true. Yep. That is true. What you're going to find funny is he was probably my third one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Three would, New Testaments? Yeah. He would
1: probably be, probably be the second person that I would talk to because I only said Solomon. Yeah. I only said Solomon. So yeah. Thomas would probably be the second. Yeah. Because most people know him as doubting Thomas, but historians and such believe that he went from physically seeing Jesus to going to India and taking yeah. the gospel mm-hmm. to India, and then I think China as well.
0: I think so. He died in India. He died in India. He
1: was martyred in yeah. India by decapitation, I think.
0: No, spirit, I think. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. He he was
1: a martyr in India. Yes. It's just it's such a crazy turnaround from him being in in the New Testament in Acts, being... That th- that can't be true. Yeah, there's no way that would happen. To being, all right. You that did. that's what yeah. happened. Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> Here we go. We had one moment, dude. We could all be called doubting whoever we are. Dotting <laughs> Bill. Dotting. Yeah. Dutting. Dutting. It was like the one I don't moment, think I would
3: call Brother Brandon doubting Brandon because,
0: like, <laughs> he doubted something that made sense to yeah. doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Logically, that was something that I would say, okay, I, I get why you were doubting that. That's fair. Yeah. It's like, no, he didn't walk in here when the door was locked and he, he, he was dead for three days. He didn't do that. And then but everybody did, now is like, that's the doubting one. <laughs> but did he have to touch Jesus' scars?
3: He didn't. I don't he don't didn't. Did. No, he didn't. He didn't have to touch the scars. It's, it's like, like here it, they it, are. The Bible said, the
0: Bible says he did. I don't I don't know where it no, says it. No, he didn't. He it said Jesus said here they are. Yeah, touch them and, and then like, Jesus oh, and
3: then right, he said right. I now I believe. Right. You know I don't have to touch your scars. Right. I know that you've I see you presently. You know when know. Jesus
0: got to give a message to us as as people living beyond Jesus' time, where he said, "Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe." Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know where where we are more blessed than Thomas, but. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean that he should be, be known as Doubting Thomas through all of time. Because, again, if we name people by their failures, I don't think several of the other disciples would be rather disappointed Dude, as well. If we were all known by our failures, uh,
3: we, we, wouldn't yeah. be, we wouldn't be, uh, oh, no, never mind.
1: If our titles were based off our failures, some of our
3: titles would be very long. If, if, that is very good insight, very good perspective. No, I'm joking <laughs> uh, um, can they hear that?
1: Yeah, yeah they can. Okay.
0: Yeah, they can now. Um, that's true. I, I was trying to come
4: up with one for Peter, but I couldn't. But the failures... Wait, wait,
0: wait, sorry.
4: So notice that's this fine. in the book of John, chapter 20. So Thomas has said, you know, but he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Very next scripture. And after <laughs> eight days... Yeah. Mm. It was eight days after he said that. Yep. Yeah. And Thomas was with. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. And it says, And he then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And he said, And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. So it mm-hmm. doesn't say anything about him.
3: No. No. Nope. Reaching out. Well, we could. Assume, <laughs> I like Jesus' answer, we, too. We, we yep. could assume that because Jesus gave that commandment, that he did it. But then again, what the answer that he gave was, my God.
4: Right. But also, notice the, that period of eight days, Jesus mentioned what Thomas said he needed to have as proof. Yeah. Right. And that probably was proof enough. Yeah. Yes. Just to see right.
3: yeah. and that
1: he did the same thing that they said that he had done before. He came yeah. in the room with
0: the doors shut. Mm-hmm. not a door. <laughs> yeah. And he was very he was very uh he was he was very that that is kidding. That is like a little bit of Jesus, kind of you know, playing with Thomas yeah. there because he's uh, bringing it up because he obviously said that in a moment of anger. Thomas was kind of like, "I won't believe you, even you know, I have to put my hand inside something that's impossible for Thomas to do by his own standards." And yeah. Jesus comes in and is kind of like, "You believe yeah. now, you rascal? <laughs> like you know, <laughs> come on, you know, I'm right here. You see me? <laughs> yeah. Be not faithless, but believing. <laughs> right. Come on, have a little more faith." And then now he's doubting Thomas for all of eternity. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, I've definitely enjoyed the podcast, guys. Mm -hmm. It's been a joy. Mm -hmm. It's been a pleasure to have Brother Brandon here talking to us, giving us his insight and different stories being told. I
0: have nothing else to say, but thank you for being here. Thank you all. Thank you all. It's been great. You've been a blessing to all of us, I think, in different ways. And it's been a joy to have you on because I think it's always fun to have a conversation with you about it and your insight to that. It's really neat to get different people's perspective on who they talk to and, and the different things of that because yeah. so many people have different favorite parts of the Bible because it's such a wide, expanded book it really... that everybody can have their own name. Who yeah. would have thought of Andrew? I mean, <laughs> if Curtis had said anything, we would have, you know, I wouldn't have thought of Andrew no. at all. And and yet, you know, we get we hear a lot of the big names, you know, that's why we try to let people come up with something that's a little, has a little more meat in it than just saying Paul or, or something like that or Jesus. Yeah. But the truth is, is the perspective we gain is now we can share that with you of what other people have said. You yeah, know? And they're like, yeah, this guy said, isn't that amazing? He yeah, said this, it's been and, you amazing. know, it's such a blessing. Yeah.
3: Well, that's gonna be an episode for the podcast. Uh, go to TheBrosPod.com, dot Send us a review. Give us a rating. You can go to the comment section of the podcast that you're listening to right now, whether on Podbean, Amazon Music, or any of the other other platforms you're listening on. Hit the follow button. So you can get notified whenever we do drop an episode, and they are every Wednesday morning. That's right. Keep it up, and we will come back next week for another episode. Thank you, and we'll see you then. We'll see you then.
4: Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. See ya.